Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. A fairly light window in these late set of games here on Fox Sports Radio. Count them one, two, three in week 11 in the National Football League, kicking off at around, yeah, 4 o'clock Eastern time. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. George, even though we've got only three games of this late window, we have got tons to talk about, not only with the three games that are going on right now, but also what happened earlier today in a crazy week. Week 11, Brandon Staley fighting for his cause as the Chargers lose again. The fighting DeVitos, the New York Giants go to D.C. and top the Commanders. And if you thought the game was bad for Washington, wait till you hear what happened in the postgame. It's been a crazy, crazy Week 11. Cowboys took care of business against the Panthers. That was expected. A punt fest broke out in Cleveland. Uh, Just a taste of what we've got right now in Week 11 of the National Football League. Man, the drama, dude. This today honestly felt like NBA action, like a like a drama ball. And uh, I am. It's actually a lot of fun. It's actually a lot of fun to uh, watch how much chaos ensues just from a little bit of movement. Yeah, the Chargers losing today really puts them behind the eight ball in the AFC. The Commanders. They fall back. You thought maybe that this Giants game would have been one that they could have won and and won easily. The Lions, for about three quarters of the game today, looked like they were going to fall off the pace of the Eagles and Niners. And then Oakentrere-Monfrere, they come back and get a rousing victory against the Bears. And now they've got a short week where they face the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, a lot happening. Cardinals made it very interesting. C.J. Stroud turned the ball over a bunch today, something we hadn't seen. Texans still get a victory over Arizona. And uh, I think a lot of people thought that the Titans would give the Jaguars a bit of a fight in Jacksonville. Uh, it was anything but. It was all Jacksonville today. They bounced back from that awful performance last week against the 49ers to get a win today, setting up a big matchup next week against the Texans. And I guess that's kind of where we are in this season is here we are in week 11. In weeks 11 and 12, you kind of want to get situated for the stretch run. And there are going to be a lot of huge games. Maybe 
on the marquee, none bigger than tomorrow night of a Super Bowl rematch with the Eagles. But, George, there's going to be games and games, and, and specifically where I want to start out is in Buffalo with the Jets and Bills because now we're hearing more and more about Aaron Rodgers and a possible midseason return. Christmas Eve was the was the projected date that Jay Glazer reported that Rodgers wants to start practicing on his birthday, December 2nd, and then hopefully coming back December 16th uh, in a game against the Commanders. The, uh, the Jets and Bills, and the Bills making their own headlines, George, firing Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. Not a lot to show for it, just six points so far for Buffalo, but they are ahead of the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. Yeah, if they – I mean, granted, the Jets' defense has comported itself really well for the most part of the year. They haven't just allowed people to just knock their doors off. So – you know, so a 20-point output would not be the worst thing if the Bills could put it together. But if this offense doesn't look competent, I mean, it's it's at uh, some point in time, we got to stop trying to blame blame the, uh, you know, the coordinators. Like, like, there's only so many coordinators that we can fire. Sometimes it's the the head coach and sometimes it is the players and Josh Allen is not playing as well and making the type of decisions that you want to see therefore I had a solution for everybody Dan I got a solution for everybody involved because Josh Allen clearly needs Brian Dable right yes and the New York Giants need somebody who's going to be able to build build from scratch right sure Turn the thing around. Maybe move on from the Daniel Jones era. Yep, but why don't we trade Brian Dable for Sean McDermott? Who says no? I think the Giants probably say no. What, what, can I throw a modification I mean, what, in there? What 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 return? Granted, I do believe that the, that that Brian Dable that that the Giants are, you know, that they believe in Brian Brian Dable. But truthfully, what returns have they seen so far? Well, I do think that they had a they took a step forward last year. This year, they have taken a step back. Uh, not only with Daniel Jones's injuries, but they've also Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, has been hurt. Saquon was hurt a few weeks for them. I'm not blaming it all on injuries, but yeah, I I, I I can see what you're saying. I just wouldn't put it all on the shoulders of of Brian Dable. But they have struggled. Uh, they, today they they won the turnover battle six nothing and uh, needed a late defensive touchdown to make it a two score game. So I get it. I see you. The Tommy DeVito story is awesome, but offensively as a whole, yeah, the the Giants probably need some work. Oh, I think that would be an understatement. <laughs> I think that would be an understatement. Yeah, well, they just, need a little bit of work. Well, it's just it's tough with the pieces that they they have and they don't have. By the way, the Buccaneers just getting into the end zone. Mike Evans, a, a touchdown reception, so they've closed the gap on the Niners, ten six. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with your thinking, and it's actually thinking, George, that that I had about how do you solve Josh Allen? How do you get back? Because I think you're right. Some somebody had to go after the Monday loss, and it may not have made a lot of sense for it to be Ken Dorsey, but somebody had to go. And if you reunited Dayball and Josh Allen, I think you could maybe right some of those wrongs. How about this deal? Let's make it a three-team deal. 
Let's bring New England into this and send Belichick to the Giants, the team that I believe he has always longed to be the head coach of. The the true the the Giants to go back to where his roots were uh, under Bill Parcells, and then you just figure out some sort of compensation to to you know to send New England. How about that instead of Sean McDermott in New York? Uh, okay, why do you want? Why is so by, why are people still so enamored with Bill Belichick at this point in point in time? I do not understand it. It makes zero sense to me. Dan. You'd rather have Sean McDermott than Bill Belichick as your head coach? Yes. It, 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 and for one main reason. Because you know who's not going to be in charge of personnel? Sean McDermott. Do you know who has been in charge of personnel over with the Patriots? I, I don't think if Bill Belichick moved on from New England, and I'm answering your question, Bill Belichick, uh, I don't think that it would... I don't think that he would necessarily need control over everything. I think that he would coach again. I think that he would coach to break Shula's record in what better place? I mean, we've heard Buccaneers, we've heard Chargers thrown about, but what better place than to go back to the Giants? I mean, when he talks about his days with the Giants, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a sparkle in his eye. There's a twinge in that smile. And like, you can see it. Like there is something there. So I don't think that you're wrong in saying Dable back to Buffalo. By the way, the Bills only have six points against the good Jets defense, and three of those came on an opening kickoff fumble by New York, recovered by the Bills, and the Bills couldn't do anything with it. Bills are in New York territory right now with that six-point lead early in the second quarter, but uh, that's where the Bills' offense stands. I don't mind your Dable to Buffalo. I can see that. But I say let's spice it up with the GOAT and put Bill Belichick in New England and then pay whatever you need to do to – or send him to New York and then pay New England whatever you need to pay them. Yeah. I, I, I just don't want, like I respect everything that Bill Belichick has done as a, as a head coach. But I also think that we, that we have maybe have passed by the Bill Belichick time, time period because the like, game is passed Belichick by, is that what you're saying? Um, not the not the actual game of football, because I because I, I think he, that he has a great hold on on schematics on the on the changes in the game and all of that stuff. The, he feels to me like he's stuck in like the Chip Kelly in Philadelphia personnel stuff to where he thinks that he or that he thinks that he can recreate it or or. Make it again, kind of, kind of like the Bulls when they broke. Well, when Jerry Cross, Krause, and Jerry Reinsdorf broke up the Bulls, and they thought, "Oh, we'll we'll, we'll just go build another champion. We can, we can, we clearly found the Scottie Pippen's Ku uh, coaches and and other really good players out in the out in the world to add to this roster. Uh, Horace Grant." Um, you know, Ron Harpers and Rodmans, and we we built this thing. We can do it again. No, you can't. You can't recreate Michael Jordan. You can't recreate what they all had together and what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady had. You can't really recreate it. But Tom Brady was the secret sauce. Like he was the thing that was able to make them right. Like 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 he was the guy that was able to make. He was the great eraser. 
and you didn't have to give him top tier wide receivers. It didn't matter. But the reality is, if you don't have Tom Brady, you need top tier players. That's the that's the issue. Is that he's try, he always tries to shop in the scratching dent bin, or the or the land of recycled toys, and 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 sometimes you got to at certain positions that works. But but you got to have enough of the new shiny toys off the uh, that are on the front of the store that are full price, buddy. So remember when the Giants made their moves, they didn't only bring in Brian Dable. They brought in Joe Shane to be the general manager from Buffalo. Yep. So there would be a break in that. I mean, there would be a break in that sort of unit. And um, as, as we talk about this hypothetical question and then but at least if if you were to take my scenario, my hypothetical scenario, that the scenario that the Bill Belichick era in New England is over, but could start anew in New York, you would at least have a GM there that would already be in place, and you wouldn't. And Belichick wouldn't maybe demand everything that he's had. That's one of the problems that I actually think is 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 the reason why it may be difficult in New England is because they've done things a certain way for so long. And the, just the complete overhaul of it, which is why I wonder if Gerard Mayo would even be the answer to be Belichick's replacement. Why would you he know? be the answer? Well, there, it's it's the name that's popped up the most often. Now, well, all G- right, Jim Harbaugh's name now has been popping up in a lot of NFL jobs. Maybe that's another way they go to, to make a, a clean break if they would. But I do think well, how for many Belichick's sake, it's difficult find, to do what you've find done Find so me long. a... Find me a Belichick coaching tree guy that's that's had success in the league. It's find very, me one. Yeah, it's very difficult. One, that one even. Sure. No, yes. That's you, why you shouldn't get golf lessons from Tiger Woods. That's why Michael Jordan could never be a coach. You know, it's just it's who they are. Like it's none of these guys are going to be Bill Belichick, and the things that they learn and how Belichick did things not going to translate when they do them. And they don't have Tom Brady, which is which is the most important thing. It does help. It does help quite a bit. By the way, uh, even though the uh, the Patriots get a week off this week, uh, there is a Patriot topic that we're going to talk about in about forty five minutes. So you got to buckle up for that. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. We told you the Buccaneers got into the end zone on the Mike Evans touchdown reception. It was a short yardage one, just from a yard out. Niners still lead the Buccaneers 10-7, just thirty two seconds to go until halftime. Seahawks have added a long field goal. They've extended their lead ten nothing over the Rams. Eight twenty six to go in uh, until halftime. You heard Monty mention it at the top of the hour, but. Kenneth Walker III, doubtful to return to the game for the Seahawks because of an oblique injury, had a run up the middle and uh, immediately felt something and kind of went to the ground uh, after about a gain of six earlier in that game. So it looks like it's going to be the Zach Charbonnet show uh, with the uh, Seahawks today, at least on the ground. But again, they're up 10-0 on the Rams, 8-26 until halftime, and 11-26 to go until half in Buffalo. The Bills have kicked another field goal, their third of the game. They lead the Jets by a score of 9 to nothing in that AFC East showdown. He is George Reister. Hit him up at George Reister. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. The Packers get a big win against the Chargers today, but it was a big loss for the Bolts, and their head coach is not happy about it. Wait till you hear what Brandon Staley had to say. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, KB Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the one-yard line, Mayfield takes the snap, looks to his left, pumps the ball, throws toward the caught ball. Mike Evans, touchdown, Tampa Bay. There's Mike Evans. He'd been disappearing all game long since the first pass of the game, and that time made a great snag at the end of the end zone, a one-yard touchdown grab. Pulled the Buccaneers a little bit closer, but the Niners did kick a field goal at the end of the half. That game is at the half. Niners lead Tampa Bay 13-7. to Highlight there, courtesy of the Buccaneers Radio Network. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. It is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, Week 11 here in the NFL. Three games going on in this late window. The Seahawks right now facing a third and goal from the Rams' 11-yard line, already up 10-0 in that one. Again, if you're just joining us, Kenneth Walker, the third Doubtful to return for the Seahawks because of an oblique injury. It's a uh, field goal fest in Buffalo, and the Bills are the only ones kicking them. The uh, Jets right now as a team 
And negative nine yards passing. So Zach Wilson's been sacked three times, just one of four for 14 yards. Bills up 9 nothing. seven minutes to go in that one. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Hit George up at George Reister. You can find me at Dan Beyer on Fox. All right, is Brandon Staley, and we're going to hear from the head coach in a matter of minutes, George, but I want to give you the first word. After today's loss in Green Bay, 23-20, to to drop the Bolts to 4-6 and six on the season, is Brandon Staley out of excuses? Yes, he's out of excuses. Yes, he's absolutely out of excuses. But the, but the only thing about it, though, is, is people will point to that drop touchdown as well. <laughs> I mean, at the very end of the game, with like 23 seconds left, Quentin Johnson dropped a touchdown pass that hit him right in the mittens. Justin Herbert dropped it right in the mittens. He catches that ball. He's he's still running right now. He hits his head on the goalpost. And that would have saved Brandon Staley because they're like, hey, they only gave up 23 points, which is, you know, more than you want to be giving up. But the but the answer is yes. Yes, you they are not putting up the type of performances that you expect or that you want out of this Chargers team and you can't just blame it on the quarterback because because it's not like the quarterback is turning over the ball and not putting you in positions to uh, win. I mean, you need him to go out and put up, uh, you know, uh, just uh, uh, Michael Penix or Bo Nix or Jaden Daniels stats every single game. This is the NFL. That is not going to happen. <laughs> the Chargers could have used eight touchdowns today. That they could have used that. <laughs> I, mean, I know they weren't playing. Was it Georgia State? But yeah, yeah, yeah they they could have used Jaden Daniels' eight touchdowns. Um, Justin Herbert was twenty-one of thirty-six, two touchdown passes, two hundred and sixty yards. Austin Eckler, ten carries, sixty-four yards. Herbert ended up being the team's leading rusher, eight yard or eight carries for seventy-three yards. He also had Joey Bosa likely suffering a serious injury. He was in tears, suffering the first quarter, appeared to be a, a foot injury, uh, leg injury for Bosa. So he is likely, considering his reaction, going to miss a significant amount of time. That's a big part of their defense. Now, we saw what happened with the Bills. They lose to the Broncos on Monday night, and Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, is fired the next day. Brandon Staley can't fire himself as head coach, but he could make a change in who makes the defensive play calls as he calls the plays on defense. He was asked by a reporter again today if he plans on making a change with that situation. Here was Staley's response. I have full confidence, like I've told you, and like I've told you from the beginning, I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller and the way that we teach and the way that we scheme. Full confidence in that. we got to bring this group together and do it consistently. Okay, And that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question. Okay, I'm going to be calling the defenses. Okay, So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. Uh, very uh, Not very happy, Brandon Staley, in that scenario. A bunch of cliches, but he did get to the point in saying we are not going to make a change. He doesn't need to tell the reporter how to do their job, but apparently he's going to continue to uh, drive this boat on defense until it actually sinks. Uh, I, I, I guess there's a way to admire uh, some stubbornness, but there's also a point, <laughs> uh, there's also a point George, when, when the ship is sinking – you're trying to do everything you possibly can to get it right, and maybe giving up the the powers or the authority to do that 
may actually be something that could save a season is now you're closer to the worst team in the conference as it comes to place-wise than you would be a team making the playoffs as they're now four and six. Yep. Okay, because something is wrong when you can't have Khalil Mack putting him in positions to get sacks. You hear I me? Mean? Mm-hmm. Like whether it's stunts and twists and and everything else, this team is in the what the bottom third of the league in yards in yards uh, given up. They are, um, yeah, they're not doing a great job in a lot of different areas on the football you, field. You want to know that, what my, my problem was with today, George? Green Bay had no running game. And when I nope. mean no running game, I'm saying Aaron Jones went out with an injury. Uh, Emmanuel Wilson, who came in, had a couple of carries. He went out with an injury. A.J. Dillon has not been effective at all. He ended up being Green Bay's bell cow 14 carries, 29 yards, and you're saying, look, they shut down Green Bay's run game. It's the fact that a a, a, a one-faceted offense beat your team today. That would be the part that I think I would struggle the most. And it's not like Green Bay put up 48 points. It's just the fact you couldn't get a win when Green Bay was completely one-dimensional. Yeah, and there goes the – like. You can't blame it on competency of the system, competency of the offense, competency of any of those things, right? Because he's been in this, like these players have been in the system for quite some time. So you can't blame it on that. It'd be different if this was a new system, new way of doing things, but it's not. This is the way that they've been doing it since he's been the coach. There's also the the point of you made a change on offense last year. You brought in Kellen Moore. Obviously, something needs to change or a spark needs to happen. You're not going to do it on the offensive side of the ball. Like It would be the defensive side that you would need something. By the way, in the Seahawks-Rams game where the Seahawks ended up kicking a field goal, uh, 13-0 Seahawks on top of L.A. Cooper Cup went out with an apparent leg injury being worked on on the sidelines. Uh, was able to hobble off on his own power, but did appear in pain while he was uh, on the uh, stretchers or on the table. Looked like table. his foot got stepped on. Yeah, could have been. Could have been because he was actually suffered the injury in a run block situation. But it's 13-0 Seahawks. Uh, Monty's going to have an update on the uh, other action coming up in a little bit. But we do want to let you uh, in on what else Brandon Staley had to say because this may be the cherry on top as, again, he was asked more and more changes and more and more about today's loss to the Green Bay Packers. I'm not here to talk to, to the fan base. I'm here to talk to my players, the locker room. I know that we give ourselves a chance to win every single week with the game plans that we have, okay? And we have done it here. You guys act like we've never played good defense. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. You act like we haven't made any improvements. Today in the run game, we played outstanding. We're rushing the quarterback well. What we got to do a better job of is in the passing game. And that's where our full attention is, and it's where it will continue to be. There were a lot of other things that caused us to lose today. It certainly wasn't our defense. It was the way we played as a team. We didn't play well on, enough on the red zone on offense. We dropped too many passes. Okay? We gave up a few killer sacks. Okay? We did this as a team. Stop making it about one unit because that's not what happened out there today. Our team lost, and I am fully responsible for it, and I take full responsibility. But we lost as a team today, and that's the storyline. He, he, he doesn't take full responsibility uh, when he mentioned guys were dropping passes. And, and which, by the way, was true. 
I mean, they they, yeah, had a, they did have a like, bunch of drops. He's like, listen, listen, it ain't the defense. Those guys were dropping passes. <laughs> we gave up too many sacks because they stunk. That it's true. And, and how how about the forty one you gave up last week to the Lions? How about the forty one that you gave up to the Lions last week, and you gave up two hundred yards rushing, two hundred. And three hundred and three and three touchdowns and three hundred and thirty-three yards passing. How about that? How about that? Was 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 that? And, and your offense scored thirty-eight points. Was that a failure? That's that's the misdirection of it. Is I think. And, and by the way, his first comments completely naive. Don't give me this. I'm not talking to the fans. No, the, no, you are talking to the fans. You want to talk to your team and your players. You could do that through the media, yeah. but you're also doing that in the how, locker room. But if you're talking how, to to any at, at any point in these situations, you are absolutely talking to your fans. Yeah, how about a few weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs? You everybody knows the Chiefs can't can't run the football. Yeah, we stopped them from running 21. Everybody stops the Chiefs from running the football. Sure. <laughs> everybody. And, and then you give up 12 for 179 to Travis Kelsey when the only other wide receivers really on that team are Marquez Valdez-Scantling and a rookie Rasheed Rice. Jordan Love had his first 300-yard game of the year today passing. I, but it, I, what, it was, yes, we got to do better in the pass game, but we stopped the run game. Even though they didn't have any of their running backs, we still stopped the run. You know, there, it's funny because you look around at the good teams in the National Football League, the the, the good squads, San Francisco, maybe the, maybe the best of the bunch. You usually know that they're going to bring it. Now, they had their three-game slide. Maybe the offense was, was off a little bit here. Maybe the defense wasn't right here. But they can win a game 16-13 to 13 just as well as winning a game 44-20. to 20. Like, I, I get all that. It's a winning, it's a winning program. That's what is so frustrating about the Chargers is they lose 23 to 20, 41 to 38. Like, yeah, you're in all these games. How come you're not winning any of these games? And at some point, exuding your dominance or strength over these teams. He's completely missing the boat in his comments. And it's just, I'll tell you what, for a fan base that people say uh, isn't that prevalent, it's growing. And their voices have said enough. They did it when Mike McCoy was the head coach. At some point, they had to make a change because apathy was seek, uh, sinking in. And I think it's the same thing here. This franchise had so much momentum, George, with, with Justin Herbert taking over. And now Brandon Staley, just his presence is seemingly sucking the air out of the franchise. And so you may not think that you're talking to the fans, but the fans are hearing everything you say. And he's got to realize that. And I'll tell you what, he may realize it when he's no longer the head coach of the L.A. Chargers, because that could be sooner rather than later. All right. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Monty Bolaños is here giving us the latest. What's going on in Week 11? What's going on, Monty? Well, my Chargers lost, but you just dissected everything in such a way. I can't believe Brandon Staley said that. And, and the attitude behind misguided. it. Yeah. yeah. 
Like you sounded upset and you sound upset for the wrong reasons. It's not what any fan wants to hear, unfortunately. Moving on, Seahawks, Rams. Rams are at Seahawks' eight-yard line, knocking on the door to score. You mentioned Cooper Cup limped off the field. Well, now he's officially headed to the locker room. But the Seahawks are up on the Rams, 13-0, one minute to go in the first half. Geno Smith has thrown for 150 yards and a touchdown. The Bills are beating the Jets, but they've only scored some field goals, three of them, and they're up 9-0, less than five minutes to go in the second quarter. The 49ers extended their lead over the Buccaneers with a field goal as well. They're up 13-7 early in the third. Brock Purdy has thrown for 164 yards and one touchdown. Eight games in the morning window that have wrapped up for today. The Texans beat the Cardinals 21-16. C.J. Stroud, I think his first game with three interceptions, but he did throw for 336 yards. And two, and two touchdowns, and they won, so good. The Jaguars outscored the Titans 34-14. The Cowboys defeated the Panthers 33-10. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones announced the induction of Jimmy Johnson to the hey, team's hey. ring of honor on December 30th, so that's going to happen. The Browns walked it off with a field goal to beat the Steelers 13-10. Dorian Thompson-Robinson must have felt good as the fans were chanting DTR at the end of that game, and he, he helped them. He helped them win. The Lions scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to come back and beat the Bears 31-16. to The Packers they beat the Chargers 23-20. to Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson did leave the game with injuries. They don't think Aaron Jones' knee injury is a long-term injury. As for Joey Bosa, it did look bad. As you mentioned, a foot injury. The Dolphins, they held on to beat the Raiders 20-13. to It was Jalen Ramsey with a late fourth quarter interception that sealed the win. And then running back, Devon Achan, another knee injury. Was in and out as quick as he entered. <laughs> it was so fast. I was like, are you kidding me? And the Giants, Tommy DeVito, living at home, 18 of 26, 246 yards, three touchdowns. Two of them went to Saquon Barkley and was sacked nine times. But New York, nine times, nine times but they beat the Commanders 31 to 19. Whew, back I, to you guys. I think the reason Monty brought up the A-chan injury is because <laughs> earlier this week, George, <laughs> on Ryan Bershinger is our executive producer, and as I was about to take over for Monty, Ryan popped his head in, and they were talking about a trade yes. where Monty would get Raheem Mostert. Correct. Right? And Ryan would get Ramondre Stevenson, and who else was it? Who was uh, Jake, Jake Ferguson. Ferguson. And I told Monty, with A-chan coming back... I, I don't know how much I'd want Mostert. And he was back for about a minute. For a hot second. <laughs> and uh, my fantasy advice. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Fell. I have Mostert in other leagues. Mostert and he hasn't was been still having, yeah. having some. Mostert was still having moments even when A-Chan was he there. He was. Though. There was a time when they both went and yeah. both went off. But Yeah, I wouldn't have been afraid of A-Chan. No, I just, but Mostert hasn't done that since the beginning of the season. Correct. Yeah. Well, that it's it, not like well, the eight chance going to have well, another 200. Well, this team also hasn't been doing anything. They they are still haven't beat a team with a winning record yet. Fair. So. Still winning, though. Still winning. <laughs> Unlike Brandon Staley and the Chargers. That's Damn. right. That's right. The, uh, the Bills got into <laughs> the end zone. <laughs> and so did the Rams, uh, as Monty was giving us the latest. The Rams just getting in on a Puka Nakua touchdown reception. And the Bills scoring Josh Allen to James Cook. So the Bills make it a 16-0 lead over the Jets. And the Rams are about to kick the extra point. Just nine seconds to go until halftime to try to pull within six of the Seahawks. By the way, Motsi mentioned the Jimmy Johnson 
Jerry Jones announcement. Jerry, and and listen, we all misspeak. I will misspeak five times on this program. But it was funny because they made the announcement on the Fox pregame show. George, did you see this? The, so they were in they were in Charlotte because that's where the Cowboys were playing today. And Jerry announced that, as Monty said, Jimmy would go into the Ring of Honor December thirtieth. But Jerry said of nineteen twenty three. And so, like, Jimmy Jimmy made a joke of it. It was very, very funny. You misspeak. But I was like, what happened on December 30th, 1923, that I'm, like, missing for the reference? And then he said that you'll go into the Ring of Honor. And, and Jimmy was like, no, you mean 2023? But anyway, Jimmy Johnson will get his uh, wish coming up uh, on New Year's Eve Eve. He'll be in the, the Cowboys uh, Ring of Honor. I believe that's a game. Is that against the Lions, Chris Perfett? I believe that could be the case. Week, later uh, on that'd season. be week... 18, I believe. Uh, week 17. Uh, 17. Yeah, yes, yep, that would be Lions at Cowboys. Yeah, that's when it's going to be. So Jimmy Johnson will get his uh, get his due then. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Cowboy fans would want to be uh, in Dallas that day. It's about time, man. Jer- hey, hey, and, yes. and I did say, I said that Jerry Jones will not win a Super Bowl until he comes, until he um, gives Jimmy Johnson his due. And now, and now, and now they got a shot. They hey, finally got a shot. I, now. I, I tell you what, I want to get your thoughts on the Cowboys. We're going to get some fantasy numbers as well because I know they beat the Panthers today. They're playing really good football, but I wonder if they're just being bum slayers. I don't know if it's the real Cowboys that we've got. Plus, the one place you do not want to be in the National Football League. Trust me on this one. We'll tell you where that is. He's George. I'm Dan. Live from the Tyrac.com studios. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Alan, More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, PB Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking to his right, flicks it out to James Cook, who's in for the touchdown of five yard touchdown pass from Allen to Cook. And the Cook is in the kitchen. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer on that call, courtesy of WGR 550 and the Bills Radio Network. Buffalo on top of the Jets, 16-0, one of the three late games going on. Two-minute warning in Buffalo. Jets have the football uh, right now, a first and 10 uh, for the Jets, it appears, uh, in Buffalo territory, trying to get some points. Uh, I take that back. It's a first and 10 from their own 42-yard line. So the graphic in front of me was incorrect. But anyway, Bills are up on the Jets, 16-0. Jets have the football with two minutes left. Brandon Ayuk's gotten into the end zone. He and Brock Purdy connecting on a 76-yard touchdown pass and catch. No! Extra point was good. Niners have extended their lead against the Buccaneers 20-7 early in the second half. And the they are at the half in LA. The Seahawks on top of the Rams, thirteen to seven. You may hear George scream God, some more because no! I guarantee it happened against his fantasy squad. Speaking of fantasy football, let's take a look at some of our hits and misses for Week Eleven. Say, go, 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 go! Fantasy hits <laughs> and misses. All right, Ryan Bershinger, what have you got for us in Week Eleven? Don't worry, George. I I feel that pain. I understand. It has been a rough day for me. Uh, let's let's take a look okay. at the, <laughs> I, I, Ryan is at it's a, level. it's a rough day, and my players are balling, which is crazy. Oh. Like I'm playing against Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk right now. Ryan <laughs> and, is. Uh, I'll tell you what. His emotions right now are at. Pet is not feeling well, and you don't know if you're going to have to do something with it. <laughs> That's how distraught he was in the last commercial break. Uh, it's it's Dude, been an ugly day. I uh, thought it was like like have you have you guys ever had one of those fantasy days where where all everything is going right, and you're like I'm a shoe in to win, and then you look at the other team, and you're like, oh, well, I mean, even if his players go off. <laughs> We're fine, but then they go yeah. off even more, and you're like, how did I lose a game that was unlosable? You're like, I'm up 45. All he's got is Purdy and Ayuk left. <laughs> yeah, and then this happens. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see if any of these hits are on George's losing effort. Uh, your your top quarterback from the earlier games is uh, Trevor Lawrence, 24 of 32 with 262 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Five rushes, 17 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground, uh, really padding his fantasy numbers there. And just for good measure, let's mention it. Uh, QB4 on the day is Tommy DeVito. Yeah! <laughs> 18 of 26 for 246 and three touchdowns. Uh, so good good for you, Tommy. The commander's defense still put up 11 points, so my, my advice there still stood. Uh, Saquon Barkley, your uh, top-scoring running back from earlier today, 14 rushes, 83 yards on the ground, four catches on five targets for 57 and two touchdowns through the air. Your top-scoring receiver from the earlier games is Calvin Ridley. He's back. Seven catches on nine targets for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Also had an 18-yard rush. And uh, Brandon Ayuk just passed up your uh, 
your uh, wide receiver two from the earlier games, and that was Tank Dell. Eight catches on 10 targets for 149 yards and a touchdown from Tank Dell. Your top scoring tight end from the earlier games, I'm laughing because it is Stone Smart is your top scoring. He is currently <laughs> T's, your tight end right? one on the week. Yes, yes, two T's, uh, one big TD, one catch on three targets. Who does Stone Smart heard play of for? Uh, Chargers. Yes. Yeah, he plays for the Chargers. Damn. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, by the way, by the way, do you like how I was like Chargers? Like it was yeah. obvious. If you ask me this at twelve thirty Eastern time today, I would have said I have no idea. <laughs> so, congratulations to uh, uh, Stone Smart's family members for getting that uh, touchdown in on their fantasy lineups. Uh, let's get some misses today. Yes, as as Monty mentioned earlier, uh, Devon Achan. Fantasy players have been looking forward to this day for weeks. And A-Chan came out, ran uh, one rush for one yard, one catch for four yards, and then left after uh, re-aggravating a knee injury. Uh, Aaron Jones also left due to injury, and it did not look good. Four carries for 14 yards on the ground and one catch for three yards before leaving before that injury. Uh, And Hollywood Brown, part of a game that we were hoping for some pretty high-scoring results with the Cardinals-Texans. Hollywood ended up with two catches on five targets for 18 yards, and then to erase some of those yardage, he had uh, one catch or one carry for negative six yards. So so that's uh, when we call him uh, North Hollywood. North, that is, that is a, I could say that because <laughs> that's where my wife grew up. So <laughs> that's Valley Village Brown for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that Sun is Valley some fantasy, Brown. Some fantasy All right, we get it. We get it. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thank you very much. Any of, the, any of those go against you, George? Or you have any of those stinkers? No, I, I I had no stinkers, bro. I had no stinkers. Not even not even one. But you know who Are is sure killing me? That? It is Fred Warner. Fred Warner, who has ten and a half points with already in this game. And you and you got uh Brandon Ayuk who is torching me right now. I just saw Fred Warner make a tackle on on Chris Godwin on a little pop pass the Buccaneers yeah. tried to run. Bijan Robinson put up a very nice fantasy day, and and my, mind you, well, I had playing play C.J. Stroud, so. Tariq Hill, uh, Gibbs, Murray, and Collins, and and I still got Kelsey to go. I can't so, believe Bijan so didn't give you anything today. I mean, it's garbage. no, no. I was playing against. Well, they didn't Be play shy. this week, so that's why. That's, that would be great. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Brandon, Brian, <laughs> oh. Brian Robinson, excuse me. Oh, Brian okay. Robinson. All right. I just <laughs> – I saw the B. Robinson, and I was like, Bijan, because I did not expect it to be Brian Robinson. Oh, hey, you know what? I've actually – in seeing some B. Robinson, I've been uh, confused as well. I will give you a pass on that, George Reister. All right, Niners up on the Buccaneers, 20-7, to midway through the third. Uh, Jets have the football down 16 to nothing with a minute left. They are in Buffalo territory, while the Seahawks and Rams remain at the half. Seahawks with a 13-7 to lead in that one. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. The show that you don't want to watch, that's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Fitting that it is Red Zone Radio. That's where the Jets are right now. Second and goal from the Buffalo nine-yard line. Under a minute to go until halftime, but they trail by 16. Also in the Red Zone, the team wearing the red jerseys. The San Francisco 49ers already up 13 on the Buccaneers, facing a third and short from the 10-yard line. And Christian McCaffrey is going to get it. So it's going to set up a first and goal uh, for the Niners. And Monty just told you that the Seahawks lead the Rams 13-7. to The Rams are saying that Cooper Cup, again, questionable with that ankle injury just one of the injuries that we are monitoring the jets have gotten into the end zone Brees hall for new york so the shutout is over and the jets are back in it they will go for two down 16 to 6 we are broadcasting live from the tireact.com studios tireact.com will help you get there an unmatched selection fast free shipping free road hazard protection and over 10,000 recommended installers tireact.com the way tire buying should be I saw a graphic this past week, George, that just said Brandon Ayuk is basically the most wide-open receiver there is in the National Football League. I also just saw a pass from Brock Purdy to Debo Samuel. And I kid you not, and these are it's a wide-screen camera angle. The only person in the, the television screen, George, was Debo Samuel. There, <laughs> there wasn't a defender. There, there, there wasn't another 49er. It is just wide open. I mean, it is very college-esque. Why, how do the 49ers get these wide receivers so wide open? And, and, and by the, the way. The running game, Dan. It's, it is the running game. Is it that simple? Because it's, it's also big names. It's not like they forgot about the fifth option and a tight well, end leaked players. out. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good players, but it's also – on the bigger than that than that it is just the fact that they are so incredibly well coached and they run the ball so well that then the linebackers are at the line of scrimmage it 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 makes it a lot easier for them to get open when they when the run game is married with the pass game it's it's crazy because and listen it is it seems like it's a quite a four-headed monster with McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, and George Kittle. And so if you're worried about McCaffrey in the run game, now you've got those other three to deal with, and maybe there's only two of them that you're really dealing with, so the other one you know, ends up being open. But it is amazing to me on how many times you'll just see crossers 20 yards downfield and no one is in the in the neighborhood. And the one, I don't know if you're driving along, maybe you're doing some housework and you didn't have the game on or can't see it, there, was, there wasn't another player in the screen when Debo Samuel ended up catching this pass that helped the Niners, again, set up for uh, uh, for what they hope to be is a score. But, yeah, the 49ers, they do it time and time again. There's an injury in the uh, Buccaneers-Niners game. That's why the uh, 49ers haven't set up yet, but they will set up shop first and goal from the six-yard line. The Jets did not get the two-point conversion, so Buffalo will take over on the ensuing kickoff at their own 25-yard line. They've got one timeout and 45 seconds left as they are up by 10 in that game against the Jets. The story of the upset of the day came in Washington, D.C., where the Commanders fell to the New York Giants. 31-19 to was the final. The Commanders did have the football late with an opportunity to try to drive and score with the game winner, but Sam Howell was picked off for the third time. The team's sixth interception, or the team's sixth turnover of the game, uh, that sealed the fate. Giants and Tommy DeVito end up getting the victory. But it's what happened afterwards that made no one happy, there was no hot water in the FedEx field 
showers, home or away, George. The announcement was they could not fix the issue unless the the only way they could fix the issue was if they shut off the water for the entire stadium, which obviously you couldn't do with an NFL game going on at that time. But you want to talk about a dump and a mess of a place, and I know that there's new ownership, (laughs) but I can't imagine a scenario in an NFL stadium where not just the road team, maybe there's gamesmanship going on. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that, but neither team had hot water in their showers in the Giants-Commanders postgame. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That that I I mean, am I wrong? Have you ever had to take it? You spent six years in the league. Do you ever remember a time where you didn't have a hot shower afterwards? Yes, yes, I do. Where's this? Oh, uh, I don't I don't remember where exactly, but there were a few bad shower situations. There's um oh in Kansas City first and foremost, they their their stadium is one of the oldest in the NFL. And the stadium is nice. The the locker room looks like it is the same exact wood lockers that they uh, had in the back when they when when they would be smoking cigarettes at halftime. Do they still have the ashtrays in the uh, in the lockers? Dude, I, well, I don't know what those little holes were for, but they <laughs> m- might have been for the ashtrays. I hope they're for the ashtrays. And it was, and, I mean, and it's like that seventies wood that, that that's got that varnish on it, and you and you just know it's old. And so that's so that's one place, but the showers there. Bro, it is, they have those shower heads that put out the that itty bitty stinging uh water when the when the water hits your skin and it and it hurts. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? It, it's yes. almost it, it's almost like a mist, but it's but like it, it they they come out as little itty bitty uh needles. Yeah, it feels like it's pellets or something yeah. that yep. water shooting. Yeah. So that's the way that Kansas Kansas City's is and you're just like, "Come on, man, can we get like a real shower?" Man, it's I, cold as hell outside and then you got to come in here and ah, ah, ah. Sorry. And, it's a short it's a short flight to New York. I just do the 7th grade after gym class. Oh, you not, would take a shower not, pill. Not showering, you know, just let's wipe the washcloth. Let's get this off and get mm-hmm. out of here. Oh, damn. You can't take a shower pill on and and then go put your nice suit back on or <laughs> or put a um or 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 hop on a closed plane after you play and uh do uh, you know what a shower pill is? No, no. So so when I first got to the University of Oregon, and, and mind you, this is a universal term. This is not just an Oregon term. If you ask any collegiate athlete, they will know exactly what you're talking about if you if you tell them about a shower pill. So I'll n- never forget, uh, freshmen in Europe there. And then there's a couple guys because, mind you, I never took a shower at high school because our showers were disgusting at my at my high school. So nobody ever took a shower in there. And so, uh, so you're, and so you have to get broken into like, Hey, okay, let's all go, go in here and shower. Right. Cause you're in like a community shower. First thing is we had a couple guys come in there with <laughs> one guy came in there with his underwear on first thing, which was hilarious. Okay. 
And then the second thing <laughs> is was that um, was that a few guys would just leave and go get in the sh- and allegedly go get in the shower when they got back to their dorm, and you would have some of the older guys say, "Oh man, hey man, can you give me one of them shower pills?" Like so, so it's like so you 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 must be taking a pill that counts as a shower <laughs> instead of actually taking a shower. Gotcha. Because I was a little in the dark. But I also am a little in the dark why the guy's wearing his underwear into the shower. But hey, he he whatever. had never he had never been in the, a community shower. Oh, but and, it's the worst. It's all I actually you know what I don't blame him. It's the worst. Well, but, yeah, but also it's you can't go in there with your underwear on. Though. It's gonna you, draw more attention <laughs> than whatever that you felt was you, was uh, was bothering you or giving you trepidation in the situation. Going in there with underwear on caused way more problems than whatever else was going on. And again, if you're just tuning in and you're wondering why you're listening to a national sports show on an NFL Sunday, talk about wearing your underwear in the shower. There was no hot water for the Giants or Commanders after their game today because of an issue that they could not fix unless they shut the water off for the entire stadium. So things are going just fine in D.C. Uh, Another thing for new owner Josh Harris to take control of. Oh, man. The other thing, a guy in the underwear in the shower, there's no plan B, right? I mean, because if that's your only option, now what are you going to do with the pants? You know? Not, yeah. There's, it's a no-win situation. Oh, my God. The Niners are in the end zone. George Kittle has caught a touchdown pass from Brock Purdy. By the way, Purdy's third of the day. He's 19 of 22, 315 yards. This one from three yards out. Jake Moody's extra point was good, and the Niners are up 27-7 to on the Buccaneers as they near the end of the third quarter. The Bills have the football up 10, but just two seconds remaining until halftime. They're up on the Jets 16-6. to The Bills looking for a Hail Mary at the end of the first half to try to pull themselves closer. The Seahawks are in Rams territory, uh, converting them on a fourth down to keep a drive alive. Again, playing without Kenneth Walker the third, who suffered an oblique injury earlier in this game. So it's been the Zach Charbonnet show. The Seahawks up 13-7 to and now down to the Rams Uh Actually, they just had a holding penalty. It's going to back them up. It's going to be second down and 20 from the Rams' 38-yard line. He's George. I'm Dan Byer. George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers says his return could be a Christmas gift for the New York Jets. Plus, what happened earlier today that allowed one of the bigger upsets that we have seen this season in the National Football League. We'll ask our NFL insider Adam Kaplan that next year on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Second and goal from the nine. Zach Wilson back to throw. Screen caught by Brees Hall. Up the right side. At the five. At the goal line. He's in. That's a Jet touchdown. Finally, the Jets are able to find the end zone. Jets Radio Network with the call. The two-point conversion failed, but it did pull the Jets within 10 of the Buffalo Bills, one of three games going on right now. And listen, the NFL schedule makers in May when they were setting up this schedule, knowing that Aaron Rodgers was going to be a member of the Jets, thought, why not just give CBS this awesome late window where so much of the country can watch the Jets and Bills go at it. But again, like so many of those scheduled (laughs) marquee matchups that featured the Jets, uh, we got a lighter we- window in this week 11. We are making do. Buccaneers just got into the end zone. Rashad White, a one-yard touchdown run. The Bucks are within 13 of the Niners, 27 to 14. But it may just be another opportunity for Brock Purdy to even add more stats to his box score. Seahawks kicked a long field goal to extend their lead against the Rams. It's 16 to 7. Six minutes to go in the third quarter. And they are at the half between the Jets and Bills. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. 16 to 6 is the score of that Jets Bills game. Hit George up at George Reister. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. And if I didn't mention it, Jets Radio Network with that call. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, joins us now. You can hear Adam on the Inside the Birds podcast. Also read him on the Pro Football Network. And I do want to start with the Jets because, again, there are headlines about Aaron Rodgers, Adam, mm-hmm. maybe targeting an early December return date and possibly playing on Christmas Eve. What do you hear about Rodgers' possible action? Yeah, actually, he he's uh... – Pretty close to their coaches, and they felt that he could come back by sometime in December. They, they don't know exactly when he could play. It's one thing to, as one someone with the Jets told me over the last week, it's one thing to throw before uh, a game, and it's another thing to practice and then to get cleared for a game. So let's put it this way. If he could come back before the end of the regular season, that's awesome. Now, the, the, the question is going to come down to this. If they're out of the playoff race, if they're actually officially eliminated, the chances of him playing are slim to none because there'd be no reason to play him. The whole thing about him coming back is only if they have a chance at the playoffs. If they're still alive for a wild card, forget about the division, but if they're alive for a wild card, 
Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, look, he, they, look they, they definitely have been kind of amazed and shocked. They never thought when it happened that he had any chance to play. And then he kept giving them updates, as one person with the Jets told me. But then when they, when he, when he, when they saw him throw uh, for that game last month in, in uh, October, like, okay, this is interesting. And then, he's, then he sends him videos. And he's also been to some games where he's thrown before. So it's fascinating. We'll see what happens. But the bottom line is uh, they did work out Joe Flacco. Uh, and actually, I'm sorry, the Jets, the Browns worked out Joe Flacco, who played for the Jets last year. In fact, he, he beat the Browns on the road at Cleveland. He played an amazing game. But the bottom line is the Jets released now. Uh, if they lose today, they know their chances of making the playoffs are slim, but they're not out of it. Um, how does the injury designation work? Because I, from my understanding, I thought that you had to designate a player potentially to return or not, or with the new rules, can you switch the designation, or how does that work? No, it's called a major injury, George. There are two designations on injury reserve. There's, there's short-term and long-term. He was de- designated with a long-term injury. It doesn't mean he can't come back. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's where that is. Adam Kaplan or Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider joining us. Now let's take a look at what happened in Week 11. I, I know the Cowboys walked all over the Panthers, yeah. but I'm starting to hear some of the, the talk again. Uh, Dallas is back. Uh, <laughs> it's a bad team. You, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's been you know consecutive weeks against bad teams. Um, do you need to see more from Dallas to to not only consider them being back, also have Dak Prescott as a possible MVP candidate, which, by the way, has been a talk at times over the last week or so. I'd say Stroud would be a would be a better CJ Stroud's played better, but I would say with Dallas, it's 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 about handling success. That's that's been their problem when they've imploded. You might remember the game two years ago when in the playoffs the Niners came in there and beat them soundly, really handled them mm-hmm. for whatever reason. This is what another GM gave me that the, the character, the type of player that they they draft. They sort of go for the flash, and they don't go for the guy, the guys who are, who are mentally tough when when it counts, and that that's really been their problem. And, and by the way, Dak was a pretty high character guy. He's also had some implosion games. So look, you look at that game at, at the at the Niners earlier this season where they got absolutely embarrassed. So you have to ask yourself, guys, wh- which team are we going to see with the Cowboys? Now let's you look at the game against Philly two weeks ago. They, they should have won that game. That's mm-hmm. embarrassing. You can't lose a game. Like, they outplayed the Eagles. Eagles showed a lot of heart. But when it's first and six, how do you go backwards? That can't happen, and it did. And this is yet another reason why this team continues to implode. Uh, oh, speaking of a team that seems to be imploding, did you hear the post-game press conference by, by Brandon Staley? No, but I heard last week's, and I've heard his press conferences, yeah, he's had enough of their, their media. There's one particular reporter locally who who who's tough on him, but – yeah, Staley, look, uh, I was told very strongly by a team source that they never considered, never discussed firing him after last season. In fact, if you remember, they made the playoffs. They choked against the Jaguars. Now, the way it works, folks, in the National Football League, when you disappoint, there are going to be some serious questions. And there's obviously serious questions about why this team's underachieving. Yeah, and Brandon Staley's really losing it in terms of his patience. Uh, you, you could just tell. And by the way, it's his defense. That's, that's the embarrassing part about it, and that, that's the issue here. How do you explain what happened to the Commanders today? It's a game they have to look at and say, how do we lose to Tommy DeVito, who, okay, he took way too many sacks. It was ridiculous how many sacks he, he took. But you know what? He made some really good throws, too. He, he, at least he showed he can play in the NFL. Look, he, he's really a number three quarterback who's starting because the other two quarterbacks are hurt. 
Matt Barkley, who was sort of brought out of mothballs to be the uh, the backup for now, uh, he's there, and I give him credit. Uh, Sam Howell, he he had some bad interceptions. He forced too many balls. Yeah. Six but, turnovers been, today, and all. Yeah, yeah he, he had some bad ones. He he, the three picks were bad. The uh, the fumbles. This is what we saw from earlier in the season. Then he turned around, was playing some of the best football of any quarterback. But you saw th- this can't happen, and and that kind of. That's been the story of their season, and again, their questions. And this team is underachieved. And remember, we have new ownership in the nation's capital. Um, are, what are we supposed to? What are we supposed to make of 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 the situation over in Cleveland? Because on <laughs> one hand, this team, the defense is really good. Dorian Thompson Robinson is, you know, he was met manageable today. They worked out yeah. Joe Flacco. And you have RG three camp- campaigning to come be a mentor. <laughs> yeah, be back. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any chance that we see RG three or no. Joe Flacco or anybody else? In Flacco, camp? yes, yeah. Uh, he was the only quarterback that worked out. I've, yeah, they they know him there. They've uh, they they definitely will. They know him in that building. Obviously, he played for the Ravens. Uh, some people are still there who, uh, who scouted him. Yeah, I think that's got to. Re- now he would only be signed to the practice squad if he gets signed. If it happens, I would ha- expect it to happen by Tuesday so it could practice on Wednesday. Yeah, right, to, uh, look, the kid was asked to throw the ball a lot, and he he took care of the football pretty well. So DTRs are more of a running quarterback who play for Chip Kelly at UCLA. Their defense was incredible. Uh, the the Steeler passing game is an absolute embarrassment. It's a shame their defense played lights out despite uh, they had some injuries on the back end. I mean, Kenny Pickett for 106 yards, folks. That's that's embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's awful. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, joining us. It it seems to be that it's. I I think it's even more than Matt Canada. I oh I, I agree. You know, totally. like of yeah, totally. of of it's you know Najee Harris replaced by Jalen Warren. Warren pretty much providing their only offense today with the long touchdown run. But how much do they have to change in Pittsburgh? To uh to get things right on the offensive side of the ball because it doesn't seem that it's just a coordinator fix yeah, right now. I would agree. In fact, I told someone that uh, this week. I was to, from another team. We were just talking about Pittsburgh and his team's playing the Steelers later in the season. We both agreed that Matt Canada's scheme is, is certainly up to question. But Kenny Pickett, who had a terrific off season, really good training camp and preseason, could not duplicate it. It just shows you once again. I've called the off season AAA baseball. This is the major leagues and. He's failing. He's not hitting the fastball, and he's holding the team back. Yeah, I, I, I know he's had a couple injuries. He's playing with a rib injury, but that's no excuse. You, you got to throw the football. Mitch Trubisky's not the answer. It's, it's a shame. They're still hanging in there for the wild card. They, they, they probably will because their defense is really good. Um, are are we going to like? Prior to the end of the season, do you think that we'll see any coaching changes? Well, we saw one. We saw one. I'm not, guys, I don't speculate on job security. I just tell you where the team is with the players. Can with I? The co- with staff. Yeah, well, no, but what I'll tell you is with Carolina, it's like with Carolina, right? I could tell you from talking to them several times during the season and preseason, I was with them for two days. There are high expectations. Not, I'd probably say eight or nine wins. I think that, I think that was probably what they, were, they thought. After last season, they had seven wins, and they almost made the playoffs. So when you don't meet expectations, you have a volatile owner who's – Going through a bunch of head coaches, do the math. The, it works. This is interesting though, because we've talked about. Because I've asked you about Scott Fitterer's job security, sure. because it was more about the Bryce Young pick 
I they like I, him. I'm they're, they're, I know he's looked bad lately, but they're, they're, they feel, I could just tell you talking to them, they feel pretty good about Bryce Young. It's the underachieving of the guy. I mean, really, the, the tight end, uh, Hayden Hurst. Miles Sanders, although they played better today, has been a major disappointment over $6 million a year. So, guys, that, damn, that's the problem. It's the underachievement of the free agents they brought in. Their defense is kind of competitive, but... They're underachieving, and they felt they should be better, and we kind of know how that goes. Uh, just to add on to that, because I read something, and I hadn't heard it before, and my fault if this was well-known, but there was a point that was made that the coaches thought they were maybe going with Stroud and the front office wanted Bryce Young. Is there any truth to that? Uh, I, that I don't know, but I know okay. there was a report from uh, John McClain, who was, who's covered the Texans for years, that the Texans actually wanted uh, – Bryce Young, which is interesting, and they got C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Lucky crazy. you. Yeah. Um, exactly. Now, speaking of some bad luck, what, what the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be under a little bit of a microscope because Joe Burrow allegedly had a you know a, a compression uh, what what they call a compression sleeve on his arm yep. prior to the game, and then he hurts his wrist. Then Zach Taylor said he didn't know anything about any injury. I I find that hard to believe if he did have an, have an injury that the coach had no idea. What's the status of everything as it relates to Joe Burrow and what happened this last week? All right, the league is doing their investigation. They're still going to do it. Uh, they're gathering of what happened. Now, th- let me explain the injury report. If, you're not, if, if you don't miss any practice time, I, I don't care what's wrong with you. The club does not, by NFL rules, have to. You, you do not have to list the player on the injury report. That's just a fact. So... We could speculate that he had a right hand injury, which had a, a brace on it from that picture that was deleted from twi- from X. Uh, and then, of course, he had the major uh, torn ligaments in, in uh, on his on his right hand, which will knock him out for the 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 regular season and the playoffs if they made it for a wild card. But yeah, the league is going to look into it. Now, I could tell you when I first tar- started covering the league, the rule back then in the uh, early two thousands was. If you're being treated for an injury, you had to be listed on the injury report. Somehow over the years, uh, the, the reporting on these things have changed. and It's kind of like if they feel if you miss practice with an injury, you have to be listed. But other than that, teams aren't listing players. Uh, I've got one more on the heels of that. Then, then I am done, and if George wants the last one he can have. I just wondered, and I actually said it during the week on Fox Sports Radio, uh, during the Doug Gottlieb show, is that this specific window. I'm not saying that the window for Joe Burrow to win a Super Bowl is closed. No. But this specific one, rookie contract, you got to pay T. Higgins, you're going to have to pay Jamar Chase at some point. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of uh, defenders that have been with the team that were on that Super Bowl team. They're not going to play forever. Do you feel that the window is closed for this edition of the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, defensively, they're pretty competitive despite some issues in the back end where they're not very talented. But no, because he's the the elite quarterbacks and he's absolutely elite. They bring these, this thing up. Now, Higgins may have to walk. Um, they have a history of, we saw this with Jesse Bates, they are willing to let their best players walk sometimes and get compensatory picks. Uh, that's, I've been told that by several people who would know. Uh, no, uh, they're not because Burrow's so gifted. He'll make, he, you look at the great quarterbacks make p- players around them better, but the thing is you've got to have talent around them, and that, that's certainly going to be a problem. By the way, Joe Mixon's getting a little bit older. They could move away. Yeah, from him he wasn't even season. supposed to come back. Remember yeah, that? in fact, they redid his deal. He took a pay cut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how, how much? How much fire or or 
you know, heat is getting under the situation over in uh, over in Orchard Park with the Bills if they don't make the playoffs. Because I suggested a I'd be watching a, that one. Because yeah. I'm watching, I, I suggested a Sean McDermott for uh, Brian Brian Dable trade that will work out for both teams. <laughs> yeah, I, I look. The, the, there have been so many crazy rumors on on, on uh, the internet. I kind of laugh at some are like. It's what fans want, and so they just bring it up. I heard some idiot today said that Belichick should go to the Giants. I, Boy, I, that was me. That was me, actually. I yeah, said that. that's funny. Uh, honestly, look, folks, the, the Sean McDermott situations. it's interesting. You know, the, he's now uh, – the, the Leslie Frazier's claim that he, he left on his own volition. Some people don't agree with that, but okay. He was their defense coordinator. Sean's calling the plays on defense. The, he's now gone. He's now on his fourth offense coordinator. Uh, Sean is, and since he's since he got there as head coach, um, you know Joe Brady was fired by the Panthers midseason two years ago. Uh, reported at the time that uh, they felt that he could not get the best playmakers to football, and uh, they moved on from him. So, who knows, guys? It's uh, th- I think that Buffalo situation is is worth watching because. You can't fire every coach. He's fired coaches. He, coaches have left on their own. Coaches have got the, the, the job. So that's one you got to watch. We are going to watch Adam Kaplan on the Inside the Birds podcast, read him on the Pro Football Network, and listen to him right here on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks, Adam. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll you talk too, to you guys. next week. Thank you. Thanks. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Monty Bolaños is here. Uh, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We are live from the Tyrac.com studios. I know we got the three games going on, Monty, but Geno Smith now just – uh, looked like he being helped off the being helped off the field in the Seahawks game against the Rams. Yes, that looks it, no details yet, but it was a incomplete pass to DK Metcalf, and it does look like he limped off. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Drew Locke looks like he's about to go in the game, and that's exactly what is happening. The Seahawks are up sixteen to seven. He, Geno Smith, looks mad. He just threw his helmet on the floor, and now he's sitting on the bench. Maybe his wrist. I, I can't tell what's injured, but he looks mad, so it's not good. I'm going to give you a little story about the Seahawks quarterback because I think there's this narrative out there that is not true. But after you're done, okay, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened with the Seahawks quarterback situation. Okay. All right. Uh, the Bills have scored another touchdown. Josh Allen finding Ty Johnson, and they are beating the Jets 22-6. to Jets have the ball. Ten minutes left in the third quarter. Baker Mayfield doing everything he can to keep Tampa Bay in this game, finding Chris Godwin, finding Mike Evans. They are in the red zone, San Francisco's 12-yard line. It is third and fourth with the 49ers up, 27-14, passes up and almost intercepted but not. Uh, It's really Brock Purdy though who's put on a show here. 321 yards and three touchdowns so far for the 49ers. Again, Buccaneers doing everything they can to stay in the game. The AP Top 25 College Football Poll is out. Georgia State at number one. Ohio State moved up to number two, bumping Michigan to number three. Washington moved up one spot to number four after beating Oregon State, which slipped five spots to number 15. Florida State dropped to number five. Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Louisville, they held their spots at 6, 7, 8, and 9. Missouri moved up to number 10. And in baseball, Aaron Nola is going to get a lot of money. He and the Phillies have agreed on a seven-year, $172 million contract. And how many games does he play? As a pitcher? Hey, hey, it's all right. It's, it's all worth it. <laughs> it is. It'll work out. Yeah, so uh, mucho Kinda dinero. Like the Clippers. Listen, Georgie, I'm just trying to have a nice day. I'm just trying to enjoy my Sunday here. Why you got to bring up the Clippers? Does, is, does, One and five, baby. Does Aaron, with James Harden. 
<laughs> That's <laughs> they, right. They did beat the Rockets. They, a good win. Yes. It was a good win. You're right hey, about hey, that because hey, I threw shade that at was the Rockets and wonderful. they won six straight. So I was yeah. so happy that James Harden hit that game. That N one three pointer. Yes. Yeah. That, no. 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 I was ecstatic because that's only going to fuel the I am the system and cause way more problems. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Georgie. I, love it. I was so Shut happy. Up. I was like, yes, yes. Shut up. Shut up. I hope. I hope uh, your fantasy leagues all lose. What were you going to say I, about no, quarterbacks? I'm going to say. I'm going to give you that story, but I also want to tell you this. Aaron Nola's nickname should be the Big Easy. Okay, because it's Nola, New Orleans, like that, like his last name, N O L A. But I went to Baseball Reference and it just says Knowles. <laughs> like that's that's lame because it's just as long as his regular last name. Yeah. So I I want to push. I know Ernie Els is the Big Easy in golf, but I think in baseball we could also call Aaron Nola just for the N O L A. Yeah. You guys good with that? I, I'm into it. Here's the deal with the Seahawks. You're you hear this narrative of. And I'm sorry, I know it sounds like I'm so anti-Geno Smith, and it is not the case. <laughs> you hear this narrative, and George, I'm sure you've heard it before, about how great Geno Smith is in the locker room and what a great teammate is. And I 100% believe that. But there is also this narrative that the coaches believed it in the preseason of 2022 that he was going to be their guy. And that is not the case. In fact, in the... In the outings that they had had, whether it be in practice or whether it be in preseason games, Drew Locke actually outplayed Geno Smith in the training camp. Drew Locke got COVID and couldn't play in a preseason game. And it happened to be in your final dress rehearsal. And so Geno Smith ended up getting the start because Drew Locke wasn't available. And then he takes the reins, becomes the starter. And what happens in Geno Smith's first game they beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks or the Broncos, and the Seahawks fairy tale kind of takes off. And they wrote me off, and and I didn't write them back. And it's not to diminish, <laughs> and I didn't write back. It's not to diminish what he did last season because he was great at times last season, and he played really well at times. But it's a fake narrative that just wasn't true. If Drew Locke would have been non-COVID. He probably would have played, probably would have been the starting quarterback last season. Uh, that did not happen. And Geno then took the opportunity and ran with it during the regular season games. But I just hear this all the time, and and it's not that I'm a huge Drew Locke fan either. It's just that's not exactly how it played out. So I just wanted to clarify. I know it's distant, you know, it's in distant memory. It's way back in the, the history, but – You'll hear stories about, yeah, this is just amazing, and that's not exactly how it went. <laughs> Sorry. I just had to get it off my chest as Drew Locke just missed uh, DK Metcalf running down the field uh, by about five yards. Uh, she's Monty Bolaños. Hit her up at Monty Bolaños. You can find George at I Love James Harden, and you can find me at Empire <laughs> on Fox. We are live for the Tyrac.com studios. Yeah, nothing's changed. Rams got the football back down nine to the Seahawks, and the uh, Niners got the football back, but they're pinned deep. Bucks trying to get a stop, but they may be, may be running out of time. And the Bills with that 16-point lead on the Jets. He's George. I'm Dan. Coming up next, a look at your fantasy numbers from Week 11 here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. They fake the handoff. Allen rolls right, completes it to Ty Johnson, the right flat to the 20, 15, 10, 5, tiptoeing his way to the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. A 28-yard catch and run on fourth and one by Ty Johnson. Oh, the Bills weren't done there. WGR 550 and the Bills Radio Network on the call. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. It is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. That was Josh Allen's second touchdown pass of the game. He just threw his third to Khalil Shakir, 81 yards. Shakir did most of the work from about 70 yards and on, but the Bills extending their lead extra point was good. It's now 29-6. to Buffalo is on top of the Jets. Jets may want to reminisce on better days uh, than they are having today. The Buccaneers were driving, setting up to score on the 49ers. However, a deflection turned into a turnover as Baker Mayfield was picked off into the in the end zone. So the Niners holding on to their 13-point lead. That is an interesting number. I think the line is about 11 points uh, heading into the, uh, the, uh, the contest. So the Niners keep their thirteen Bucks point fans lead. are so people. Bucks betters are so mad right now because that that punt return put them in such a good spot that it, it just looked like a layup that you would at least get a field goal out of it or or potentially another touchdown. But to have that interception, bro, that that was just a absolute heartbreaker. Yeah. The Forty ers they are they got first and ten. They uh, Brock Purdy got a perfect passer rating, twenty-one or twenty-five for three thirty-four and three touchdowns, and um, and now we can actually start. I'm so happy because we can actually start to now have a real conversation about Brock Brock Purdy instead of the hyperbolic, you know, oh God, he's the next Tom Brady, he's the greatest thing of all time. Like, can we just? And, and this is what I said about C.J. Stroud is that. 
is that I part of me wanted to overreact. Then I was like, hold up. This is what I said about Brock Purdy. Let's just enjoy what we're seeing right now and not make it about the future, not make it about, you know, about his status or where he sure. ranks in the league. Just enjoy the moment and say, listen, this dude is playing really well right now. Let's just let's just bask in the happiness of that. Yeah, and CJ Stroud today the numbers were there, but he turned the ball over a bunch. Three turnovers today. They won against Arizona. Two of those turnovers in the red zone. So it, uh, so the protecting of the ball, to your point, George, uh, wasn't there with C.J. Stroud today, but you're also going to have these ups and downs. Not only are you going to have it when you're a young player, you're actually also going to have it no matter how good of a player you are at some point in the NFL. And to have a referendum week after week after week can get nauseating. It absolutely can. Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith, questionable to return to their game against the Rams with an elbow injury. Cooper Cup is out with an ankle issue. Seahawks lead the Rams 16-7, 12 minutes to go in that game in L.A. George, let's get another look at our fantasy numbers with the one and only Ryan Bershinger. Go, go, go! Fantasy hits and misses. He's locked up in our fantasy cave with the fantasy hits and misses from Week 11. It's uh, it's very cold and 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 damp and depressing. It's like a darkness retreat. Yeah. <sighs> <Jeez. sighs> All right, your fantasy hits for let's uh let's focus in on these three late games here. Stinks when you're uh, not doing well in fantasy and you have to read great numbers that went against you. Yes, doesn't yes. it? Yep. Yeah. Well, Brock Purdy is one of those players that went against me. He is your uh, top scoring quarterback from these late games. Twenty one of twenty five for. 333 yards and three touchdowns. Also a 16 rushing yards for good measure. Your top scoring running back from these games, of course, it's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, 20 rushes for 78 yards on the ground. Five catches on five targets for 25 yards and a touchdown through the air. Your top scoring receiver from these games, let's keep it with the Niners. It's Brandon Ayuk. Five catches on six targets for 156 yards and a touchdown. And just so I'm not reading only Niners stats here, let's let's mention Khalil Shakir three just had that huge 81-yard touchdown catch. So he now has three catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, four catches on seven targets for 73 and a touchdown. And uh, your top scoring tight end from these late games. It's George Kittle, of course. Eight catches on nine targets for 89 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Uh, some misses. Dan, as you mentioned, uh, you, we've had some big injuries in these late games here. Kenneth Walker uh, got banged up, and so it's been a lot of Zach Charbonnet today. So Kenneth Walker finishes with four rushes and 18 yards on the ground. One catch. I told you, and I want your yards. flex to not play Kenneth Walker this week. That he did. He called it. It was a it was a strong, strong play. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Cooper Cup also, as you mentioned, left this game game he is out and he finishes with one catch on one target for 11 yards but let's see is that yep okay still more than a man who is playing in this game uh Garrett Wilson uh, Garrett Wilson so far zero catches on four targets that of course means zero points for <laughs> Garrett Wilson you're not in a PPT league points per target league <laughs> those would be fun I'd like that That'd be nice. Typically, that's even good. But even even this week, uh, just just absolutely nothing from Garrett Wilson. So let's see. Maybe on this drive, maybe... I got 82 points from Devontae Adams. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this play right here. Does Garrett Wilson get a catch? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, those are your fantasy hits and misses from these late games. No, we 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 can't give you the play by play because that would be against the rules. But when you're down 23, why wouldn't you run it on second and nine? You know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you no, soften God, up that please, front? No, right, George? No, <laughs> That's no. what you got to do. 
Uh, the uh, the Buccaneers, by the way, forced the Niners turnover. So that number that we mentioned uh, of the line, again, I thought it was about 11 coming in, and I'll, I'll take a look during the break. Uh, still could be a jeopardy. Buccaneers won't be able to kick a field goal to make it a 10-point game. However, if they go down and score with 213 left to go, that could change things. The Rams and Seahawks are seemingly in a fight to whoever doesn't want to win this game, but the Rams are driving. They just got it first and goal down nine. So they're inside the 10 yard line. And as we mentioned, the bills continue to lead the jets 29 to six. And I do want to put a, an exclamation point on our Aaron Nola conversation. His nickname of big easy should, it, it fits even more considering he's from Baton Rouge, you know, just a hour or so down the road from new Orleans. And he went to LSU. So how we can only come up with the nickname of Knowles and not the big easy I have no idea. I have no idea. Or just call him Bourbon Street or something like that. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We'll wrap up this Week 11 action coming to you next with the Rams in the end zone here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We told you the Rams got into the end zone. Monty told you, yeah, Seahawks, Rams, a tight one. Niners, Buccaneers about to be over with. And in Buffalo, Tim Boyle's into the game for the Jets. So the uh, Zach Wilson afternoon is over. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Do you want to clarify, George, the line ended Niners 13 and a half. So it opened up seven and a half, grew to about 10 or 11. By the end of it, Niners were favored by 13 and a half. They win by 13. So if you bet the Bucks and you got that 13 and a half number, this has been an easy ride to the uh, end of the way. But if you picked up any of those other numbers, you wanted Tampa to cash in. Uh, they could not do it. Niners win it uh, by 13. So San Francisco uh, improves to 7-3 and three on the season. Buccaneers. Oh. And uh, what do you got there, George? Zach Wilson is out of the game. I just just told you that. Tim Boyle is in. Tim Boyle is oh. in. That's okay. <laughs> yes, you did <laughs> say that. 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 That's okay. Hey, breaking news. It happens. You scared me because I'm looking, I was at, looking at my screen. I was looking at the TV while you were while you were giving the recap, and I literally heard you say Tim Boyle, but for some reason I didn't put two and two together. Let's and, uh, yeah, Lord have it me. happens. Uh Monty Bolaños is here. You wanted to chime in. You got some news for us, uh, Monty, uh on what's happening in the Bills Jets game. You said you had some news. I did. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to go along with the joke. Tell us oh. that Tim Boyle was left in the game. Oh, I see. Here's into the game oh, for Zach Wilson. On, that's Monty. all. Shut yeah, up, George, geez. you didn't know that's what he was doing. You did not know that. Yes, I did. No, mentiroso. Uh, mentiroso. <laughs> Brandon Truth, our, our producer, you've got some news just in as from Buffalo. Dad, as for Don. Yep. As for Brandon, go ahead. Take it away. The Bills are winning. Now the Bills are winning. All right. <laughs> also not playing along with the joke, which apparently was not that funny. Brandon told me in my ear that we had uh, Tim Boyle. So, all right. <laughs> oh, and Tim Boyle. Uh, <laughs> At Boyle's least it didn't end on me. At least it was Brandon <laughs> who still didn't get it. <laughs> oh, Tim, Tim, Tim Boyle. Uh, his, his Garrett general, Wilson has a catch now. How about that? His general hey. demeanor does not look like a guy who's who's ready for this moment. No, but how could he be? 
You know, thrown in. I, th- I felt that they should have given him a shot a long time ago. Uh, by the way, speaking of shots, Drew Locke just tried to take a shot down the sideline to Tyler Lockett and was picked off. So the Seahawks Wait, were only up Hold two. On. What what did I what did I what did I miss? Where's the, why is Geno Smith out of the game? Uh, he's out with an elbow injury. Yes, so he is out with an elbow injury, which we also mentioned earlier. But totally fine, totally cool. No, I'm actually joking on that. Oh, okay. Because that, that was the, that was that was how you told the story about the about Drew Locke. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, and that he didn't actually that Geno Smith wasn't in the lead for the job, and then he got COVID, and then they started. Gino and then yeah so yes I do I do remember that that was a joke Dan schedule makers to the Seahawks no favors two rivals back to back weeks on a short week in LA today and now they got the Niners coming to town for Thanksgiving oh this the NFL the, nobody cares about your tears the, the uh, nobody cares about your I, fan all, all tears, I said is they just didn't give them those are fan tears they those are fan they tears. didn't do him any favors that's all that that's all that it was that's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. You would not have even noticed that if it were the Rams I, having that. No way. The, I noticed it all week long because the Rams have been such a thorn in the side of the Seahawks. By okay, the way, if it were the Bears. If the Seahawks would have played the Bears today? No, 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 no. I'm saying if the oh. Bears had had rivals on back-to-back short weeks, you would not have noticed. Maybe, maybe not. I'll, I'll, but I do think that the Seahawks 49ers game – does have more weight because they are two squads atop their division. Right? And the, it's yeah. a rivalry that we've had over the last decade as well. Really, these three teams have kind of been in and out. And have, I mean, Rams and Niners rivalry has gone on for, for decades. And now it's been even rekindled more with them coming back to L.A., even though SoFi gets taken over by Niner fans. Rams, by the way, have now got it to midfield as Matthew Stafford has hit Puka Nakua. Still plenty of time left in this game, six minutes to go, but it's just a two-point contest, and the Rams getting closer to uh, field goal range, and we know that they want more. Told you the Niners have already won, and the Bills continue to lead the uh, Tim Boyle-led Jets by a score of 29-6. to Did you hear about the other big news of the day today? George Reister. No, what's that? The huge news that on February 16th, Apple TV will unveil the 10-part series covering the dynasty of the New England Patriots. So is that why they're going up from 6 bucks to 9 uh, to uh 10 bucks? The that very well could be because the 10-part docu series titled The Dynasty New England Patriots had its trailer released today covering the 20-year stretch with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as they went and won six Super Bowls. The interest in this, I think, will absolutely positively pale in comparison to what the Chicago Bulls documentary has done. And this is, you have a- What? Yes, Man, stop. Man, if you do not stop it. The last dance was like the most anticipated thing that that you've seen. The most anticipated documentary that we've seen. And and, and I am excited to see this dance, but like l- let's settle down a little no, bit. No, that's exactly uh, what I was saying. It pales in comparison. It is Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that it that it is going to dwarf the I don't I don't know what No, I'm doing no. The, I don't and, know and, what I'm doing. No, and the re- the reason being, as you said, 
It was the Bulls one was anticipated. This is one that has been rumored. Now, there was a book written about the New England Patriots that we had heard could be put into this sort of fashion. But there are a couple of other things that happened with the Bulls and that time. Now, I know they pushed it up because it was during COVID and they got a lot of run out of it because of of what happened in 2020. But the fact of the matter is, George, we were so far removed from that. We were a generation of basketball removed from, from those teams. And even if you hated the Chicago Bulls, like I did, I did not like the Bulls in the 1990s. There was an appreciation of what they did. And when you're a younger person watching what the Bulls did, and you look back and you say, yep, that was, guess what? That was my era. That was my time. That, that's, when, that's when I remember basketball at its best. You take ownership of it. And I just think that this documentary is way too soon to honor the New England Patriots, considering Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the New England Patriots. And Tom Brady hasn't even been retired for uh, for a year with this to come out. I just think it's completely missing the boat on what made the last dance so great. I don't think people people are actually glad that the Patriots stink now. Like like they they were so sick of seeing them dominate yeah, like for you twenty can't years. Even look back on it with with like fresh eyes. Where 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 with the last dance? If you were a Bulls fan. Well, no, no, sorry. If you were a Bulls hater, like the Knicks or the Pacers or the the Miami Heat or any other Eastern Conference team, you could look back on this fondly and remember what what was going on. But you but you can't do that otherwise with the um, with the Patriots yet because it's 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 like the wounds are still too fresh. Yeah, and and I would also say you know Tom Brady had his own documentary we've seen other pieces done you know the whatever the facebook show that tom brady did like we we see these guys the the thing with like jordan is jordan never talks so like we haven't heard much from michael jordan in 20 years or what he really thought about scotty pippen or what he really thought about dennis rodman and, and those sort of things like there's all that to it and to me i don't want to I don't want to go into an episode or to watch a show and just hear about how great it was. Like there's the the thing with the Bulls was actually how many how many ups and downs there were. Jerry Krause being the villain, right? You know, you've talked about it on this show, uh, you know, a bunch of of them trying to break up the team. Heck, Jordan being the villain for leaving or Rodman being the villain for going to Vegas or Scottie Pippen being the villain for like there's all these different pieces and figures that some could be good, some could be bad, and it made for interesting TV. I don't know how this is interesting. Everything has been told. I don't know. Are we going to all of a sudden, you know, come to find out that, you know, Rob Gronkowski was a jerk? Like, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Like, that just, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. And to me, it's absolute overkill. I, I am not going to, I, I will be right there with you, George, and not waiting for February 16th to see this 10-piece documentary. They could do it in two. Yeah, I, I like I will watch it, but I'm not getting ready to sit sit up here and, and act like or tell you that I am 
you know, like, oh, my God, like, I'll be watching it the second it come, comes out. It'll be, oh, I'll watch it when I get around to it. You know what was you know what was interesting as well off of the last dance where there were so many then Laker projects that tried to be put together and were put together, none of which I really even cared about. But you tried to you're like, oh, apparently people like championship teams and looking back on them. No, it's not as easy as that. That's not the recipe in finding it. You just you know, I, I didn't like the HBO Showtime show. I know there was a scripted drama. I was not a fan of that. There were other pieces that were done. But I just, the last dance was so unique. It was so special. And then the timing of COVID actually made it even better for us because it was the one thing that you would wait each week for the next part on. George, for, for, a, for a medium like we are in Sports Talk Radio, we didn't have any games to talk about. So on the Monday and Tuesday, it was, did you see what happened on the last dance last night? Like That's literally what we were talking about in, in Sports Talk Radio. I don't think on February 17th, we're going to be like, did you see episode one of the Patriots? Ten-? No, it's not going to happen. Different time. I just, yeah, I am not, not interested at all in what's happening in this documentary. You yeah. and I could be lockstep. You can come over and we can watch Sister Wives instead on that Sunday night instead or whatever night it's going to air. I suppose it's the week of the Super Bowl, so it's right after that. So it would be at some point, maybe on a Wednesday night. Maybe there's like a Survivor premiere going on. We can get together and watch. Um, Seahawks and Rams, 16 to 14. Rams are driving, though, in Seattle territory. They're down to the Seahawks' 21-yard line. Time is ticking as well. Three minutes to go. Seahawks have all three of their timeouts. Rams are facing a third and two. So you could see a scenario here where uh, the Seahawks end up not getting a stop. The second and third effort of the Rams make it work. They get a first down. So now they're two minutes and 40 seconds in counting. And the Rams are going to have a first down and 10. Again, all they need is a field goal to win this game. Seahawks, again, do have all three timeouts, so they can start to use them. But they are going to need to stop the Rams. Otherwise, the Rams could run out the clock and kick a field goal. As for what's happening in Buffalo, Bills lead the Jets 29-6. Two minutes gone by in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen is still in the game for Buffalo. But you know who's not in the game for the Jets, George? Zach Wilson. Tim Boyle in that quarterback before... New York. Well, let's see if it gets any better. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. We'll keep you locked of what's happening in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Plus, look ahead to the Vikings and Broncos and so much more. That's next year on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Fox. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Red Zone Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's the NFL vet, George Reister. The Bills are trying to put the finishing touches on a win against the Jets. There's still 10 minutes left in that one. 29 to 6, Buffalo on top of New York. NorCal Zach tweets in, uh, lets us know that Zach Wilson's out of the game. So he can't got in on the joke. Tim Boyle <laughs> in. In L.A., completely different scenario. The Rams are on the field about to attempt a 22-yard field goal that would give them the lead against the Seahawks. And Tim Boyle, by the way, just threw an interception. Mm-hmm. Field goal is good. Mm-hmm. Rams lead the Seahawks. 17 to 16 with a minute 31. Here's where late game decision making comes in because it truly was a uh, a battle of wits between Pete Carroll and Sean McVay. I do think this inter- interception of Tim Boyle may have to be looked at. The ball may have touched the turf. Jordan Poyer got the interception, uh, but nevertheless, it's a 23 point game. So what happened in the Seattle Rams game? Seahawks ended up having all three of their timeouts, George, and Puka Nakua was able to get a first down on a second and six from the Seahawks' 14-yard line. This was on the uh, right after the two-minute warning. So Seahawks used their first timeout, obviously, makes it first and goal from the Seahawks' seven for the Rams. Now, in their perfect world, Puka Nakua, instead of getting seven yards and second and six, would have gotten five yards. Then they could have ran a play, maybe gotten the first down and run out the clock. But what's interesting is Seattle had an opportunity. They're up two in this scenario, and they can play defense and hold the Rams to a field goal, meaning that they would need a field goal to win. Or they could let the Rams score, giving them more time on the clock, but then Seattle would need a touchdown. Now, Geno Smith is back in the game for the Seahawks, so he's returned from that elbow injury. So he will handle things on this last drive. But the Seahawks got a stop on first down when the Rams tried to run the ball. And then the Rams threw a pass on second down, which I thought was completely interesting and out of the the possibilities that I thought that the Rams would do. I didn't think that passing was going to be an option because, honestly, if the Seahawks wanted them to score, the Seahawks would have just let them score. So what the Rams chose to do was they were willing to get the touchdown because they wanted to make Seattle score a touchdown instead of just kicking the field goal. But what it did was it allowed the Seahawks to have about 30 or 40 more seconds on the clock for them where now they've got the ball at the Rams' 38-yard line and they just need a field goal to win this game against the Rams. So the Rams threw a pass, ended up being incomplete. It stopped the clock. 
and allowed the Seahawks to then stop the clock on the next play where they only had one timeout left and, again, save them about 40 seconds. So that was the that was the decision-making, and I'm just surprised that the Rams threw the ball in that scenario, George, because it almost seems like there's this understood thing between both sides where you know they're going to run it and you just got to stop it and you're going to need to – go the length of the field in 50 seconds with no timeouts or to try to get in the field goal range. And the Rams are like, nah, you guys didn't let us score on the run, so now we're going to try to score a touchdown here, which didn't make any sense. I think it was a mistake by Sean McVay. We'll see if it ends up costing them. That interception, by the way, was ruled incomplete in Buffalo. So the Jets retain possession, but they're going to have to punt it back to the Bills. As for where the Seahawks are right now, it's a third and eight from the 40-yard line with 42 seconds left. Seattle doesn't have any timeouts. Rams have one timeout, and there is a stoppage of clock. You, you get what I mean, though, where the, where the Rams yes. probably shouldn't have thrown. I don't think they should have thrown the pass because I think that the Seahawks were willing to concede the uh, concede the field goal, and still they threw a pass, and it ended up stopping the clock. I think that was a bad choice by Sean McVay. Game Very mismanagement. Good. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, now you he should have been trying to score but you also have to be cog- cognizant of time because a field goal can beat you in in the NFL a 60 yard field goal so all you got to do is get to what the 43 yard yard line yeah. yeah that's tough bro and we've seen that in this stadium a bunch this stadium has had long field goals i remember in the year that it opened we you know saw a bunch of long ones so now a play is going to be under review in L.A. The Seahawks completed a short pass to Zach Charbonnet, and I don't know if the question is whether he caught it or whether he fumbled it. They only got two yards on the play, but the question um, may be whether the clock stopped or didn't stop. So that's oh, yeah, what they're going to end that's up that's reviewing. going to be an incomplete pass, I believe. Which would benefit Seattle because they would probably get about 10 or 15 seconds back, but it would be third and 10 as opposed to third and eight. So you would take that you would take that scenario and say, we'd rather have the time back than we would just the two yards that we gained on that play. Yep. Geno Smith has not shown any ill effects on his elbow in the couple of passes that he has thrown in this uh, two-minute drill, which is a 90-second drill. So now... The referees will take a look at it. It allows us time, maybe for the final time today, to get an update on what is happening now. What has happened in Week Eleven? We're gonna let her. We're gonna let her go early today, just because we got this stoppage in this game. George Monty Bolaños okay. is here at the news desk, catching us up on what all happened in Week Eleven. What's going on, Monty? You are right about this review. They're seeing if it was a catch or not. But I don't think you can tell from the review to overturn it. And again, if they say it's not a catch, doesn't it benefit the Seahawks? Yes, I, yeah. th- I think it does. Yeah. So, and, and Fuller was saying no catch for the Rams. But I don't <laughs> think he realizes what what this what's at stake here. But that is what they are reviewing. You are one hundred percent right about that. We'll see what they determine. The other game's still going on. I mean, it's pretty much over because it's been all Bills against the Jets. Did you guys know that Zach Wilson is not in the game? Okay. Thanks okay. For the I wasn't up. sure if you'd heard the news Since yet. When? Oh yeah, it's like not not that long ago. Just in case you missed it. 
But it has been all Bills. 29-6 is the score. Eight minutes left. Bills have the ball. It's been all Josh Allen. 275 yards, three touchdowns in the air. He does have one interception. The games that ended earlier today, let's start with Tommy DeVito because he had 246 yards and three touchdowns. Two of them went to Saquon Barkley. He was sacked nine times, but it doesn't matter. The Giants beat the Commanders 31-19 to to improve to 3-8 and for the season. The Commanders fall to 4-7. and The Dolphins held on to beat the Raiders 20-13. to it was Jalen Ramsey with the late fourth quarter interception that sealed the win. Running back Devon Achan re-injured that knee injury. He played maybe five seconds, came right back out of the game. But the Dolphins improved to seven and three. The Raiders fall to five and six. Final score was again twenty to thirteen. And, and Monty, just to clarify, they yes. ruled it a completion. They did not overturn the call. There we go. And so. uh, yes. They're still alive. And so, and now the Seahawks have just completed a pass to DK Metcalf in Rams territory, actually down to the 39 yard line. It was a great, it was a great pass. Whatever, I thought he, I thought his elbow hurt. Yeah, right. <laughs> These two passes in this drive have been great. Absolutely, they've been darts. And now the Seahawks will likely line it up and spike it here with probably about five or four Let's seconds. Why would they run the ball right there? The reason being because. You still needed to kill some time off the clock, and they got a little bit closer. Dude, just throw a pass. Like, <laughs> I, in case you, like, it's not like you're standing on the on the twenty yard line. Well, it, what's God, interesting is like that, you could have got 10, 15 yards closer. Yeah, I, and still had time to spike it. What are we doing here? Uh, they, the Rams have one timeout, and so Jason Myers is going to come on for a fifty-five yard field goal. Uh, uh, so, how do you feel, Dan? How do you, <laughs> Bubble Seahawks? guts, yeah. Yeah, how, how you feeling here? I'm wondering if the Rams will use their timeout. Oh here. yeah, they should psych them out. That, see, see, I was rooting for the Seahawks to win, but now I think they deserve to lose. Wow, that's not that's an egregious rude. play. They got a couple of yards. They got a little bit closer, and then they were able to spike it when the the time that they wanted. Okay, so yeah. Jason Myers in in. Uh, uh, pre-game went from 60 and hit the left upright single yeah. single dunk single dunk not a double dunk doink okay we'll see how this one goes 55 yard attempt see if the seattle seahawks can walk it off no with a field outs. goal so yeah yeah we did have a a field goal winning walk-off game earlier today with the browns and the steelers the browns walked it off with the field goal to come out on top 13 to 10 browns improved to 7 and 3 and the kick no is good. no good for Seattle. It looked like one of my drives, George. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a stinger right there. That was a stinger. Oh, man. This, this was the Seahawks' fault. Get Run another pass play right right there. If you get an incompletion, so what? Good, just, I would have gone up there, spiked the football, and then ran another a whole nother play. You had plenty of time. Run a whole nother play. And get 10 yards, 15 yards closer, hopefully. Oh, God. This is – hey, sorry, Dan. Yeah. Hey, oh. hey you, play, you play not to lose, and that's what happens. Rough, rough loss. Rough loss. 
But the Lions won. They beat the Bears earlier today, 31-16 to to improve to 8-2. The Chargers lost to the Packers, 23-20. No bueno. Packers and Chargers are now both 4-6 for the season. The Cowboys improved to 7-3 after defeating the Panthers, 33-10. The Jaguars also now 7-3 after outscoring the Titans, 34-14. And the Texans, they beat the Cardinals, 21-16. C.J. Stroud, still, still pretty good, even though he had three interceptions. He did throw for 336 yards and two touchdowns in the victory. Back to you guys. I'm, I'm going to ask George this question. Thank you very much, Monty. You can find her at Monty Bolaños here every Saturday. Her and Alex Curry here on FSR, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 Pacific. Uh, they've got you covered. I'm going to ask you a question, George. Are the Seahawks good? <sighs> yes. Technically, yes. They are... They are the the middiest of the mid they are yeah. they are the upper tier mid i i agree with that i so they are good but not special they are good enough to beat you but not good enough to run off 3 4 games in a row if that makes sense they they're good on a on te- on a technicality it's, no you see what i'm saying you know, like yeah. they're like that they can beat most teams in the nfl but they can't blow teams out like the good teams. They're not going to blow the good teams out, one. And then the second thing is they can they can beat anybody, but they can't run off like two, three, well, like three or four quality wins in a row. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good way of putting it because I think in the NFL, if two teams played ten times, even the worst team would, would maybe get a game here and there. Um, a lot of times you'll get – a team, if you wanted to take a 10-game sample, maybe one team wins seven or eight times. I think, like Giants-Commanders today. How many times are the Commanders going to turn the football over six times? If they played 10 times, that's going to maybe happen once in those in, in those games. I think how you characterize Seattle is, is spot on. And there isn't – they don't do anything great. They don't run the ball particularly well. They don't pass the ball particularly well. It's not the Legion of Boom. They they have Boya Mafe is a guy who gets after the quarterback. Devin Witherspoon's been great highlight reel of tackles in his rookie season. But there isn't anything that you can, you know, hang your hat on. They'll beat the commanders. They went to Detroit earlier this year and won a you know another crazy game against them. But to sit there and say that they're a, a good football team, and I know the Rams have their number. But it's it's really relative in what we consider is good in the NFL, and I'm not sure. And you know, Cleveland's sitting there at seven and three, and no disrespect because I'm about to disrespect them. But I think <laughs> Cleveland's got an amazing defense, but obviously they're limited on offense and now their quarterback situation. So can you say Cleveland's a good team? I I can't go that far and say that. I could say that their defense is just lights out and great. Um, I know you've got questions about the Miami Dolphins, but you know what? I'm naming these teams. And I'm telling you something good about them. And with the Seahawks, I cannot point my finger and say, that's what they're going to go to, or that's what's going to win them a game, and that's what's going to close it out. They played th- this same exact game in a different story, but it was a week ago against the Commanders. They needed a late field goal from Jason Myers to to end up winning the game after the Commanders rallied and came back and beat them. And it's it's when you look at the standings, they would tell you that they're good. But I think if you watch them, it's a completely different story. They're they're just they're mid. 
It's what they are. They're good for what the NFL is. That's exact for what the NFC is. That's yes. what they are. Yeah, correct. Like n- not not special, not top tier, not anybody that like like you can't roll your roll your helmets out and win. And you're not going to be, you know, like like they're the odds on their games are going to stay within like two and a half and six and a half. Like it, like it's not really ever going to be over a touch touchdown favorite or, um, you know, or uh, not. And, and and truthfully, it's probably going to be closer to like in between two and a half and five and a half. And and your point about them reeling off wins. Now they may go home Thursday night, maybe feel good about themselves because the Niners are coming into town and are are I shouldn't say feel good about themselves, have a chip on their shoulder from from what just happened against the Rams, maybe play with an edge against the 49ers. And who knows? Maybe maybe they they end up pulling that game out. That would have been one or two or three of the 10 that they would maybe, you know, beat San Francisco. The other seven or eight San Francisco's probably got. But to your point, if this was a team that was in the playoffs right now and wanted to make a playoff run, as the standings sit right at this this second, the Seahawks would be the sixth seed in the NFC. They would have to go to San Francisco and play in week one. Likely wouldn't win. And if they somehow miraculously did, then they'd have to go to Philadelphia or go to – and it's just it's not there. It's not going to happen. You know, and and I'm not saying that any six or seven seed could do those things, but even of just if you were to, you know, win a playoff game and end up playing the the Cowboys or Lions, to think you're going to beat San Francisco and Philadelphia then in consecutive weeks, yeah, not with that team, you're not. I think your assessment is spot on. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. The Bills kicked a field goal, 32 to six. Now over the Jets with four minutes to go in that one. Vikings and Broncos tonight, and then tomorrow night, uh, maybe the game of the year. Uh, rating should be great. Eagles and Chiefs to wrap up Week 11. Are you looking forward to Eagles-Chiefs tomorrow night? Yes, yes. I, I just am not at the same time going to make as much out of it as a lot of other people are. Oh, this is who's going to win the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Um, I do believe that the Chiefs likely win that football game just just because then when I look at records, right, I look at what what kind of feels right at times. And the Eagles at nine and one, would that feel okay? Yeah, right. But even if they lose this game, they'll still be on top of the NFC in the one seed. That feels right. But the Kansas City losing that game and potentially not being in the one seed, that doesn't feel exactly right. Yeah. So 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 that's why I think Kansas City is going to win win the game because things have to stay right and in order in the NFL. I I I get what you're saying. I will also say this. I think it actually means more for Kansas City in this scenario. And the scenario is is them coming out of a bye, which we know they're great. But Kansas City hasn't been exactly great this season. And if they're we know Andy Andy Reid is spectacular off of the off week and the game that they play is record is you know it's, it's like you know seven you know 19 and two or whatever it is they're great off of a bye if they're not great tomorrow night or they're just kind of mediocre like they have been at times this season that would raise a red flag for me Philadelphia could go there and lose and 
you know, could could be whatever. It's not that much of a big deal. But I expect the Chiefs to play good football tomorrow night, and I'm right there with you. I think that they win the game against Philly. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Hit George up at George Reister. You can find me at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, our MVPs for Week 11, and will the Josh Dobbs Cinderella story continue tonight in the Mile High City? That's next year on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. I don't know who's... More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tears make up the river of sadness in the NFL more. The Seahawks are losing on that field goal of the Jets getting crushed right now, 32-6, to crying for different reasons. <laughs> Welcome back. It is Fox Sports NFL Red Zone Radio. He's George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming up in about 60 seconds or so, our MVPs for Week 11. Tonight it's the Vikings and Broncos. We'll get George's pick back from just a little uh, in just a little bit for that game tonight. I do want to bring up one thing from earlier today, George. Tell me why the Tennessee Titans would run a twick, uh, trick play down 20 points and then be celebrating when their defensive linemen uh, scored a touchdown when they were also down 20 points. Is that like the ultimate we don't care anymore sign? Or is that the we're just going to have fun even though we're getting our butts kicked sort of sign? But those things happen today with the Titans losing to the Jaguars 34-14. to I mean... They ran like uh, a halfback pass, handoff. Yeah, they were like, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't care anymore. <laughs> don't you save those things for like close games? I don't know why you would show that when you're losing by twenty to Jacksonville, like they were. They were being, they were being shut out at the time, so maybe you want to avoid the shutout. But zero six on the road of the Titans this year, as uh, Jacksonville got off on the right track. I just thought it was odd. I thought those are things that you like keep under wraps. 
and then just pull it oh, out. They don't the they don't care. It don't matter. They're like they're like, hey, hey on to on to next year, pal. <laughs> oh, let, let's move it along. Twenty twenty four. Hurry up, please get here. I hit George up at George Ruster. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. Again, we'll get George's picks for or pick for a Vikings Broncos tonight. But first, Progressive brings us our week eleven MVPs. MVPs. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. MVP. Let's go. Most valuable plays. Hey, let's go. Bengals and Ravens. Jackson takes the snap. Pocket collapsing. He escapes. Runs to the left. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Rashad Bateman. The Ravens extend their lead. 98 Rock Ravens Radio Network. Cowboys at Panthers. Play action. Young throws the ball. Intercepted at the 30-yard line. Coming down the left side is Bland. Touch at the five. He did it again. He did it again. And Deron Bland said, I don't think I've scored in about two weeks. The Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Steelers at Browns. Snaps it back. Ball down. Hopkins into it. Flag down. Kick is up. And the kick is good. With two seconds left. And Dustin Hopkins puts the Browns ahead 13 to 10. Browns Radio Network. Chargers at Packers. Love goes no huddle. Takes the snap. He has time. He's got left side. Touch is there. Leaping grab. Touchdown. Touchdown. In the left corner of the end zone. Oh, what a throw from Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs. 97.3 The Game. WRNW Packers Radio Network. Cardinals at Texans. Fourth and eight at the Houston 27. Murray in the gun. Murray throwing downfield to his left and incomplete. Knocked away. Steven Nelson and the Texans take over on downs. 21-16. They have the ball with 30 seconds to go. Texans Radio Network. <laughs> Titans at Jaguars. Trevor Look. Moves to his left. Still looking. Still looking. Now he's going to run it for the five. To the pylon. He dies. WJXL AM 1010 and FM 92.5 Jaguars Radio. Raiders and Dolphins. O'Connell, the rookie, back to throw, looking. Lots of time, goes deep to the end. He got it, and it's intercepted by Jalen Ramsey. His second of the ball game, his third of the year. And there is your MVP right there. Fox Sports 940, Dolphins Radio Network. Giants and Commanders. Vito takes the snap, back. Fires one right to Barkley, makes the catch, reaches for the touchdown. Tommy DeVito hits Barkley on a third and goal at the five, and DeVito's thrown his third touchdown pass of the game. WFAN Giants Radio Network. <laughs> Buccaneers at 49ers. Purdy out of the shotgun, looks left, throws end zone. Caught! George Kittle in the back of the end zone. Touchdown! San Francisco! KNBR 49ers Radio Network. Jets and Bills. And the pass is complete to Shakir. Gets away from the tackle to the 40. 35-30. Doubles back to the 20. Still loose. He's going all the way for the touchdown. WGR 550 Bills Radio Network. Seahawks and Rams. From the left hash to give the Rams their first lead of week 11. Snap, hold, and kick. It's right down the middle. And the Rams are on the high side. Rams Radio Network. Bears at Lions. Fields back, Lions rush four. Fields look hard. Getting it hit. Get it. Ball's loose. Inside the five. It's kicked out of the end zone. That's a 
safety. The Lions are going to win this game. Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions are going to lock this one down. What a game. 97.1, the ticket, Lions Radio Network. The most valuable plays. Gibbles for everybody. This is Fox Football Sunday. There they were, your Progressive Plays of the Week, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Your MVPs, MVPs, as I said earlier. Brock Purdy, perfect passer rating. Field Yates tweeting that he becomes the first 49ers quarterback uh, since, I believe, Steve Young to have a perfect passer rating. Your... Uh, your love of Purdy right now, George Reister. What is the lesson we all need to uh, need to adhere to when talking about the 49ers quarterback? Chill. Just enjoy the moment. Enjoy what we're watching right now. Not try to make it into some referendum on his future or what's happening next or or uh, you know or. You know, where he is, is he a top 10 quarterback? Is he top five? No, just enjoy this season. Same way you do with C.J. Stroud. Don't try to turn it into, oh, he's he's top five in the league right now. No, just enjoy it for what it is. Don't make it any more than what it is. And that's the end of the story. Fair enough. Niners go to Seattle to face the Seahawks coming up on Thanksgiving night. Hit George up at George Reister. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. All right, tonight in Denver, Vikings and Broncos. Denver a two-and-a-half point favorite. Over under 42-and-a-half. Do the Vikings win six straight or do the Broncos keep their winning ways, George? Uh, the Broncos are going to keep this thing going, even though the Joshua Dobbs will play well tonight. No Justin Jefferson, so he'll have to rely on the likes of TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, and Alexander Madison, who is expected to play despite being listed as questionable on the injury report. George, I'm thankful to work with you every Sunday. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next Sunday. How about that? For George Reister, I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.